0: On the cover, the Midnighters are shown from below, soaring skyward through the clouds. Midas carries Southpaw, while Graviton levitates Stitch, Moonflower, and Waldo. Above them, hovering almost at the edge of space, is a massive floating fortress, bristling with cannons and glowing ominously. Wonder World Comics proudly presents The Midnighters, Volume 3, A Stitch in Time, Issue 2, Loose Ends. Prepare yourself, dear reader, for another gripping tale of adventure, drama, and self-discovery. This is Wonder World Comics. So our comic opens the next morning over the shop co. You get a nice little shot of uh, the soft pink sunlight filtering in through the windows. And uh, Stitch, what have you been up to all night? The best way to put it, I would have been creepily
1: rifling through the shopco. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> awesome. Not normal. Definitely. Um, like, what do you do when you go to your favorite sports team stadium or when you're watching your favorite TV show? like, when you're in the moment, she's in that moment. She's in the secret base that she couldn't ever follow the
0: Midnighters to. This is awesome. the So she's walking up and down the aisles, just looking at all of the groceries and stuff, just in awe that the Midnighters have this amazingly well-stocked base. Yeah. She would have never seen it coming. Excellent. So, Moonflower, um, you arrive at your secret base, having just gotten back from a mission with Shrike. You did get some interesting information. You were excited to share with the team, and uh, there is a new face when you arrive. Where, um, where is Stitch when Moonflower arrives? Definitely in the tech section with a wall of TVs. Probably pulled up a couch. Awesome. Cool. Checking everything out, watching the lights. Uh, in. Where's Kate? Well, watching an old rerun of Dirt Plot. Just happened
1: to be on. I'm trying to understand Sam a little better.
2: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
3: Wait, what's the show again? The Dirt Plot. The dirt there plot. we go. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You're killing play, me, Biggie. Uh, great play.
0: <laughs> yeah, so, um, Eden, there is uh, this mysterious stranger hanging out. On one of the futons, watching the Dirt Plot, and hanging out in your super-secret superhero base.
4: Is KT
2: there? KT would have been floating approximately seven feet behind Stitch the whole night. (laughs) (laughs) Love
3: Stitch is like sightseeing
0: with <laughs> like <it's> Disney World. Katie's <laughs> just following and like huh sighing occasionally and less like, illuminating less
2: chaperoning and more like the friend brought to the party who doesn't know uh, anyone. Yeah, yeah.
4: <laughs> I'm just picturing like the. NPC companion in a video game when you're like
2: exploring. just
3: running along behind yeah. oh, oh we're going over here again
4: oh okay <laughs> if KT's there I'm not that worried about it but I am intrigued. I'm gonna approach quietly. hmm But that's it. I'm just just kind of creeping forward.
0: <laughs> cool. Moonflower is uh, present. Um, Sam and Midas uh, How do you guys arrive uh, Yeah, what time do you guys show up At the, the Costco, or Shopco?
5: What happened? <laughs> <laughs>
3: Midas enters the scene From a shadowy door <laughs> uh, Wait, what, what time is it now? I don't know It's whatever time it is when you arrive at the shopco. No, it's whatever time it is when Moonflower arrives at the shop. Early morning. Oh, okay. 4.43
2: yeah, a.m. Oh, Pacific so, Standard Time.
3: I actually know. Sam's been at, at the shop code the whole time, but he's just been up on the roof in his little, like, tent blanket fort that he's made for himself and, and Waldo. Mm-hmm. Um, so he keeps you know? Yeah, he just I mean he just likes it up there. Waldo likes it up there. And uh yeah, if it's like a nice warm night like tonight, then you know, or you know, not. Um anyway, yeah. He was just up there, uh didn't even notice anything regarding KT and Stitch.
0: So, um the whole team kind of is gathering this morning. Uh Everyone's kind of quietly shuffling around when Midas Kramer stumbles through an open doorway <laughs> out of a shadow portal that demands to know what's going on.
3: I want it, can the door just appear? Yeah. You know, I want the door to <laughs> yeah. not be a standing door, mm-hmm. a structural mm-hmm. door. I want it to be, a, like, just a, you know, a door that has, like, teeth around the outside mm-hmm. or something. Mm-hmm. yeah. Pops. It's every every portal's different. Right, right, they're they're all different. right. Yeah. They're right. yeah, not necessarily yeah. teeth. you know. Yeah. Just it's just shadowy yeah, right. door Couldn't frame
0: be. rises yeah. from the ground. It could
3: just be slime. Yeah, fine. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's
0: lots you of You got your
2: swirly smoke portal. Yeah, yeah, you got you your tiny arch yeah. portal. There's yeah. a little lightning in mm. there. Some of yeah, like, yeah. I'm still stuck on Midas popping in. Sammy, you gotta take a look at this. Yeah, okay, so
3: also, yeah, Sam, um, I guess around the same time that Moonflower does the same kind of like stumbling downstairs.
0: So okay. Yeah, so Stitch, how do you introduce yourself to the team? Slash K T, how do you introduce Stitch to the team? So
1: before we do anything, I'm gonna remind everyone that we have plus one forward to the introduction with Moonflower, if there is any role involved. Which <laughs> is really, you know hinging on this going well. Awesome, awesome. So,
5: that really changes the game, honestly. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> As she's sitting and watching Dirt Plot, I figure we're just past the carnival scene, and she's learned her lesson about tobacco.
5: hmm And I
1: guess I should ask, she's approaching quietly, so Stitch isn't going to notice. Does Graviton notice? k
2: is watching her enter. I guess Graviton doesn't say anything. There is no reason to. Sam I,
3: says, Oh, dirt plot. Oh, I love this flick. Great flick. Oh, this scene. Oh, so funny. Da, 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 da. <laughs> uh, ha ha. Yeah. Oh. Th- who are you? Oh, it's. Oh. Hey, Graviton. This... How
1: do I ask someone's name?
2: When this is a being know known as Stitch. And Stitch. This being is known as Southpaw.
3: Oh, right on. Uh, yeah. Uh, hey, Stitch, was it? Uh, you could just, you could just ask me my name. Like, you don't have to ask. Or it's fine, actually. But yeah. Anyway, my name's Southpaw. Also, you could call me Sam. Sometimes people call me Sam. But if I'm wearing like a mask, then call me Southpaw. I don't know if that makes sense, but. Anyway, I tend to do this when I meet people, and I don't know when I get nervous for some reason. I start rambling. So anyway, Southpaw is
2: the name that he introduces himself as when we meet strangers. Just in case that stranger decides to try to murder his loved ones.
3: Yeah, I never actually thought of it that way, KT. But thank you for (laughs) putting that home.
2: You are welcome.
3: After Stitch got the meat of that,
1: she's. Quickly scurried off to the frozen goods section.
2: Well, um, I do not know if she is preparing to murder your loved ones, but she has not tried to yet.
3: Yeah, no, I, d- I didn't get that vibe.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I do I not believe know that be- she is human.
3: <laughs> okay, um, I mean, that's that's it's fine, it's cool. I mean, you're not human and. In- seems like a lot of things aren't human that uh, still matter a lot. So I tend to not even put that on stock in being what is human or what isn't. You know, like Waldo. like Waldo's
2: Your best friend right? Waldo, right. he yeah. is not human and he yeah, seems right. to matter a lot.
3: Yeah, he's he's not human, but he is a person. So that's a distinction I'm going to make.
2: I am not aware yet exactly why he smells butts, but you told me not to. <laughs> <laughs>
3: It's sort of like the herring thing but like on the flip side if you know what I mean. No. <laughs> uh, neither do I. We can move on. Forget about that. Where is did scurried off to?
1: She is scurried back from the frozen good section. And she runs up to Sam and the sleeve of her sweater just expands and grows, and she shoves her hands up there and pulls out a huge, beautiful Chinook salmon and just oh. says, I, uh, I bend a lot, and I know you don't like that, so, uh, I'm sorry in advance, just try to look away.
3: And just holds out the, the salmon, hopefully. Is it, hold on, is it like a real, 100% real salmon? It's not like... Oh, absolutely. Okay. She's done a lot of research
1: and a lot of studying, mm-hmm. and this seems to be the best and most popular fish that she can find. And it seems customary from following you from the sewer people with the packaged shrimp, the herring, the trout at the campground, like the way to get in with you was fish and this was a popular fish and her original plan before Graviton came and saved her was to ingratiate herself with the Midnighters through you because she was the you were the only one she was able to follow reliably
2: Southpaw seems quite easily emotionally manipulated that is not a bad plan at all
3: (laughs) Yeah, no, I mean, that all checks out. But anyway, so, okay, sees the salmon, he's like, oh, wow, awesome. Uh, thank you. And he takes, takes the salmon, and he kind of gently puts it off to the side, which is a shelf that has, like, uh, <laughs> you know, those little German, like, horse figurines, you know, that display? <laughs> But like uh, they do, like hor- different kinds of horses and farm animals and all that kind and of like stuff. The, and like the knights and, like, and the yeah, like yeah, it's so like okay. yeah, it's like this like you know uh, series of toys that is uh, all these little horses and and plastic creatures and he he just kind of puts it in their little farmyard and and um, whale stitch. It's uh, it is uh, very nice to meet you, and I I want to set the record straight about the whole like bending thing and like. I didn't mean that. I thought it was like all that bad, and and also when it was first mentioned, I was thinking of that thing where the where like someone takes their thumb and like whips it behind their whole hand, you know, like their whole like wrist can twist their wrong way. It's not even a big deal. It's just like I just want to set the record straight that it's like I feel like I got this bad rap that someone like hates certain kinds of thumbs or or you know, it's like totally not. My intention, you know, to make anyone feel less than this, however it is, you know. Um, so anyway, yes, very nice to meet you.
2: Are you feeling all right? Who, me? Yes.
3: I mean, I, I feel about as normal as I have the last few days considering the multiple concussions so like your foggy. pupils
2: are dilating ah,
3: you know, that? stitch yeah no well I mean that who, yeah I, but I do I feel okay I feel pretty good I actually do want to get some something to eat though
2: pretty are you going to cut your hair
3: uh, I hadn't actually thought about it. And when, I'm
2: not sure why you're asking, to be honest. When Moonflower talks to Shrike and gets frustrated with him at the end of the night, she'll cut the front part of her hair above her eyes.
3: <laughs> oh, interesting. Um, Moonflower's uh, still here, right? Oh, no, she she's three. right over know, yeah. there. Oh, hey, Moonflower.
4: Moonflower kind of gives a half nod.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so at this point, Stitch is going to notice Moonflower and be totally floored and run up and stop like three feet in front of her. And I guess this doesn't matter. She's about five, six right now. She has two conditions. She'd normally be taller. And. Oh my god. It's Moonflower.
4: Is it okay if I call you that? Moonflower is standing just like back totally straight. She's still shorter than Stitch. Posture just pretty stiff. And she just kind of goes, uh-huh.
1: As she's been processing, Stitch's arms have just risen from her side just sort of reaching outwards can I hug you? (laughs) and while she's like waiting for this her arms like sort of like stretch slowly past physical limits and are just like slowly making their way I'd say like an inch every five seconds towards moonflower it just looks like her arms are going longer than they should there's not really an explanation for it
3: sort of a space jam stretch yeah spot on
4: moonflower kind of takes a step back and sort of trips
1: <laughs> just arms are gonna like quickly extend to try to catch whatever falls happening.
4: Um, I don't think she, like, falls down, falls down, but kind of bumps up against one of the shelves. Yeah, just sort of jostles whatever's on the shelf before standing bolt upright again. Sam Salmon. Yeah, yeah.
3: Yeah, it's the, <laughs> the, the horseys and, yep. and the salmon, and mm-hmm. yeah.
2: Do yeah, not underestimate t- Mimeflower. She is the most dangerous of us all.
3: Yeah, when Stish this. Notices- <laughs>
1: her uh, trip and that she's not falling and the sort of recoil her arms are just gonna like snap back to her side and she's gonna like stitch a hood it's just gonna like (laughs) sort of appear over her head and yeah she's just gonna kind of look down just weaves itself out of your
3: collar
4: I am going to kind of look around stitch and make eye contact with KT and say, KT, where did your new friend come from?
2: I brought her from the theater. (laughs) Midas just pipes
5: in, but like, on what planet?
2: (laughs) Earth. She is from an earthen theater.
3: (laughs) Well, I mean, like, yeah, but... Also, something else going on too, right? Because of the arms just thing gonna, and the weaving, wherever the salmon came from, seemed like kind of weird as well. She's just going to, like, shake her head rapidly back and forth?
1: No. I'm just like everyone else.
2: Lady Stitch, are you from Earth?
1: Uh, I fell to Earth.
3: I don't really know where I'm from.
1: He has no further comment.
0: Cool. Moonflower, you have some information to share with the team that you and Shrike found. Well, you were hunting down leads on the Pariah case and how her thefts may or may not be connected to the Uztec creatures, you two stumbled across a security footage of Pariah's escape from the prison transport vehicle. That she was being carried in. So you uh, you throw the the security footage up on the screen. It's the inside of the truck. Everything seems quiet, and then Pariah looks at one of the guards and smiles. And her body begins to shift and transform. And uh, she her arms become become almost liquid, and they just morph out of her restraints. And she just fades out through the wall and is gone. What you have discovered after interviewing uh, some of the other guards involved and everything, um, the guard who she smiled at had unregistered shape-shifting powers, which is weird because all Farsec agents, you and Shrike know it is protocol to, you have to disclose if you have any powers uh, when you're hired, and then they do genetic tests to confirm that or see if you have any other latent metabilities because, you know, when you're guarding prisoners, some of which can, you know, steal superpowers, you need to know who has powers, so this sort of thing doesn't happen. So, whoever this guard was, had shapeshifting powers that were so good, they somehow beat genetic testing by Farsec. And uh, this guard has not been seen since the incident, and since being taken into custody by Farsec after the escape
3: of Pariah,
2: that was a lot of information thank you, flower <laughs> <laughs> you're welcome
3: <laughs> i got to say guys i feel like we're sort of facing a uh, you guys watch that show agents of farsec <laughs> cuz i feel like we've got kind of a like a cracking situation going on like we got i feel like we cannot trust what's going on in Farsec on top of the fact that they're kind of after us cause we're not registered. We're not. I don't i don't know. Like the the presence of this guard and you know, everything that happened with Zorn, quite frankly, like I feel like there is a rat, you know, um, I don't know if that's going out on a limb or, you know, maybe I've just been hitting the head one too many times, but, uh, yeah. Anyway, uh, I'm going to you go know, find some cereal. Probably some Reese's Puffs. Anyone want anything? I will take right the Reese's there. Puffs. Reese's <laughs> Puffs? Okay. Eden wants coffee. Oh, yeah. I w- I'll, ma- I'll make some coffee too.
5: Yeah.
3: Good. Yeah. Hey, Michael. Yeah. Right there, I feel like, I don't know if there's a move for it,
1: but Sam, I guess he already, you would have gained influence over me right there if he didn't have it already. Because Stitch has definitely seen this show,
3: is there a probably screen? seen like
1: anything that's been on television.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: So, um, to answer your question, Stitch, uh, you can totally uh, give uh, Southpaw influence again. In which case, he would shift your labels. Yeah,
1: it happened right there. Whether or not you love the show, you related to the world by talking about a TV show. Oh, yeah, and totally. that's how she yeah. relates to the whole world, right? Okay. Yeah. All right.
3: We'll shift the labels. How do you see the newborn stitch? Probably, I'm going to say up mundane and down. Down, Yeah, down either danger or freak then, probably. Uh, Which one of those? What? Oh. Um, you you do have uh, to pick one. Yeah, I do have to pick one. <laughs> oh, I just thought that it would resolve itself somehow. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <but laughs> preak, I guess.
2: Cool.
0: And uh, so as everyone is kind of filing towards the um, kind of home goods and decor section where uh, there's kind of a little IKEA kitchen set up that is uh, been hooked up to functioning plumbing and power and everything. We, we see, um, uh, in the kind of the back corner of the panel, we see Stitch just kind of looking up at Sam, just kind of eyes beaming and kind of standing back away from the group is Midas. And Midas, you're kind of just like holding your head. Your last walkabout didn't go quite the way you expected. You've been trying to kind of peer in on your mother and see what she's been doing in this strange, Fortress in the clouds, but there has been another presence stalking through the nightmare realm that seems to be following her as well. Something incredibly old and incredibly powerful, and something definitely connected to the nightmare dimension has been also closely following your mother. And you're not sure if it's like following her or protecting her or hunting her. You don't know what that relationship is, but whatever it is, it's been keeping you from getting too close. Mm, that is spoopy.
5: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Let's see. Uh, oh, the only other piece of information, Eden, you learned was you uh, you and Shrike were going to try and talk to this guard, but he was taken into custody by Farsec and transferred via a uh, it's a cool name for like a helicopter, but with jets.
2: It is a jeticopter.
0: A jeticopter. Farsec jeticopter uh, took him to a, an undisclosed black site, which uh, Vindicator's radar lost track of after it went above 60,000 feet.
4: Eden is going to take her coffee and try to slip into a quieter part of the Shopco with a notebook where she will be making some notes to herself. Ian's got a lot on her mind. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Fair. (laughs) I think Ian reached out to Shrike um, for kind of several reasons. One being that she, although during the death of Zorn, uh, she did want to make him feel bad. She, uh... May have girl bossed a little too close to the sun, and
5: mm. uh,
4: made him feel worse than she intended to. So I think she wanted to sort of try and maybe maybe mend some bridges there. Um,
2: With great girl bossing comes great responsibility. <laughs>
4: <laughs> you know, she's learning that the hard way. I think. Um, I I think also Eden is feeling a little overwhelmed because she has started to suspect she was not the only person interested in Sam and had that suspicion even prior to this stranger now showing up and giving him fish. (laughs) (laughs) So, (laughs) so she feels some sort of way about that. And I think being the way that she has decided to run off with Shrike rather than uh, potentially face any, Feelings she was having about that. So,
0: that, yeah, sounds like a very healthy way of dealing with your feelings. So, <laughs> um,
4: <laughs> yeah, it was really great when she came back not having processed the mm-hmm. fear that someone else was interested in him, only to find someone else also potentially interested <laughs> in him. I think that's going great for her. Excellent. Excellent. So, she is just at this point now trying to make herself some notes that still don't have anything to do with Sam but are an attempt to organize some of her thoughts
2: so lady moonflower mr. Southpaw and the righteous flame we uh, we encountered two beings in Farsec branded armor but wielding non farsec standard weaponry when I saved Stitch in the theater last night. One of them wielded a laser cannon with a power pack that sat upon its back, and the other one had some sort of a laser sword that really did not feel comfortable
4: KT, are you familiar with the phrase burying the lead?
2: Is that when you throw the ball at third?
4: <laughs> Eden looks at Sam because she doesn't actually know.
3: Well that would it, be that's like yeah, if knowledge. you were trying to get the lead runner, so you're kinda you're kinda onto something. I don't know how you got that and you still don't grasp some of the more like basic aspects of rules, but they, yeah that's kinda like <laughs> deeper level knowledge of the game. But also, yeah, no, I, I see again this goes right back to my kraken theory, you know? It's it's a kraken thing for sure happening in Farsec. There's some weird stuff going on guys. Or it could be they were imposters the and they don't actually work for Farsec. <laughs> I mean, that, yeah, the, the possibility kind of it boggles the mind. It's, again, quite concerning, but, yeah, I don't know.
2: The possibility um, of espionage inside of this organization known for control and espionage. Yeah, no,
3: power corrupts, and absolute power corrupts, absolutely. You know, that's one thing we do know.
2: So, anyway. It's like one of those things that when you open up, there's another one inside. A geode. It is like a geode. You open it and there are surprises inside.
3: (laughs) I can't argue with that. (laughs) Just,
4: Just to circle back, am I understanding correctly that we are once again housing a fugitive? It tends to happen around here. Good, good.
2: Just wanted to make sure. I don't know why that puts the heat on us. When Shrike works with a man that tries to murder people in order to gain information, which, last I understood, was against the very laws that they were supposed to protect.
4: He doesn't actually try to murder them, just, like, mutilate them, is my understanding.
2: Those we'll both see that. Is that not assault and battery?
4: Yeah, but it's not murder. <laughs> <laughs> Legally different. And I guess ethically different to black falcon at what
5: point are
3: we the fugitives yeah that's i kind of feel like because i also feel like if we try any, if we were to just go out and try and help anyone for any reason mm-hmm. at this point in any kind of noticeable way that mm-hmm. we would be in big trouble yeah yeah so mm-hmm. i feel like uh
2: yeah it sounds like know. we have to kill stitch
3: <laughs> <laughs> the,
0: the mayor has passed the Accountability and Superhuman Safety Act that gives them sweeping powers and authority to crack down on vigilantism
3: and uh, superhumans in general. Yeah, with that, with that, uh, I call it ass hacked. But uh, yeah, I feel, I feel like uh, I don't know. We gotta think. We gotta think long and hard about what our next moves are going to be as, as a crew. And uh, that's to say nothing to what we do about about Stitch, because uh, clearly someone who's got a lot of juice is is looking for. Her.
2: I did not see anyone with juice at the theater last <laughs> night.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I got I gotta watch my my use of idioms and other kind of linguistic things. Always, I I tend to say things that aren't literally true, as you do know, KT. I just meant that, you know, what you described with the laser cannon and laser sword, and it seemed like there were some other laser-based, you know, worries going on there. And, uh, yeah, anyway. Lasers are the proverbial juice. Right. The lasers are the juice. If you sort of conflate, and if you can sort of, you know, the way you can, like, bend light and heat and, the, you know, the, the fabric of the universe, like, if you could just bend the thought of what juice is which is, like, the best part of an orange. I would say that his bending abilities would be juice. Yeah, you, those are also juice. And again, yeah, thank you. Thank you, Matt. like, <laughs> anything could be juice. And then you're starting <laughs> to realize that what I meant when I said juice was just, like, power and the ability to, like, do stuff and to get, like, the salient, uh you know, whatever. So... The juice, anyway,
2: yeah, like the customers at the gym.
3: Like the customers,
2: yeah. you said that that guy was on juice. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yes, that's right. That's another way the term juice is used, and it is because he wanted power. Not, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Juice is power. Juice is power. They also say juice is you know sometimes referred to electricity. Um, it was once the nickname of a very famous football player who then turned out to be a real murderer. Um <laughs> and that is Cranberry Carter, who, you know, again famously mm-hmm. murdered his girlfriend and
2: dead her bow and then got away with it. So anyway.
3: Is is that
2: the one where you kick the ball?
3: Well, he wasn't a kicker. He was a he was a running back. But uh yes. <laughs> you do kick, you do kick that ball.
2: I thought they all ran.
3: Everyone runs. Uh, that's true as well.
2: Yeah. No. But how do you how do you have a running back in football if they all run?
3: Yeah, no, that's interesting. I'll, we'll have to go through the rule book because really the term running back is like it's colloquial; like it doesn't actually bear any weight to the, the rules of the game. It's just sort of a way of describing what one kind of player's role might be. I actually think you might be really interested in kind of the deeper philosophy of the game of football. Cause it's kind of like 11 different kinds of athletes. And I don't know, it's a very interesting thing. It's very, you know, difficult to, to become good at. And of course, dangerous.
2: But, but I mean, but, all you do is kick the ball and run down the field.
3: You know what I was thinking is that we should go sometime. We should go to a game. Cause I think, I think the Chicago bears will be in town to play the new Olympus orcas.
2: Uh, I like the Ghana Black Stars. See, yeah, okay, oh, that's
3: right. Yeah, you like rugby, so it's yeah, it's similar. It's it's very similar. <laughs> I knew I know you like football. We got we're gonna go to a game one of these one of these probably maybe even tomorrow. That could be good, right? Tomorrow Sunday. I have to look at the schedule and see when the next home game is. But anyway,
2: <laughs> mantis did not want me to witness anything violent for a while. I'm not sure what his. Methodology is. But I wasn't supposed to watch television or movies either.
3: Yeah, no, I think there's there's kind of shades of gray there. I feel like we can get we can we can say that f- that football would totally be with I don't know. I, well actually I don't know. But also, who cares what Mantis says? You can just be invisible, right? I can. <laughs> this is true. Yeah, no. You
2: could just be, yeah, it'll be fine. It'll be good. Or, I mean, if you get the to, that's fine, too. Like a deception. It would be like a deception. Like a Like the assets at Farsec. Exactly.
5: Wait. What? The ones with the juice. The ones with the juice.
4: I don't think Eden's slept in, like, a week. I think she's (laughs) I think she is a little zoned out here. Um, I think she's I mean, in in my head, I think she was listening to this exchange and her mind was just like, not even. (laughs) I think she was like, wondering if Sam would think she looked cute in a baseball house. I don't think she realized he was talking about football and not baseball. Mm. But maybe she's been reading the files too. (laughs) Yeah,
0: um, it has been a while since we've used that. Why don't you go ahead and read that move really quick?
4: You've learned about the superhuman world through your mentor's resources. When you first encounter an important superpowered phenomenon, your call. Role plus superior. Excellent. Um, on a hit, tell the team one important detail you've learned from your studies. The GM will tell you what, if anything, seems different from what you remember. On a 10+, plus, ask the GM a follow-up question. They will answer honestly on a miss the situation is well outside your base of knowledge the GM will tell you why.
0: Yeah, why don't you go ahead and make that roll, and we will find out what Belladonna has in the files on Farsec Black Sites and Detention of Prisoners
4: That is a nine Ooh, excellent Um, so on
0: a hit, you get to tell us an interesting fact that you have learned.
4: She has that their existence is of dubious legal nature Mhm. As in, they're probably not supposed to exist and hypothetically someone could be held responsible if it ever got out, but we kind of know how those things go. Eden does also think we should take a team outing to a I mean she again still thinks they're talking about baseball, but she thinks we should get out more. Mhm. She she's feeling a little stir crazy and feels like she should get out more, maybe after a nap, but <laughs> She she's tired enough to, like, feel open to some team bonding. Oh, well.
3: Sounds like, wow, okay, all right. You can move ours in. We definitely will go to a game. We'll go to the
2: game.
5: Midas, have you ever been to an Orcas game? I have not. Honestly, I don't know a whole lot about the sports balls. Right,
3: yeah, no, totally. Well, but it, it sounds like fun. Yeah, no. I see. I think it'll be interesting for you too, and like also like within the Coliseum of the stadium. It's uh It's called
4: Orca <laughs> Stadium. <laughs> yeah, no, it's a. Uh, um, I'm pretty sure they're like sponsored by Super. Oh you yeah, know? yeah. It's it's Super Stadium. Super Stadium. Yeah. Well, yeah.
3: It used to be it used to be called Orca Field, but now now it's like Super Super Stadium. Yeah, Orca Field yeah. at Super yeah. Stadium. <laughs> anyway but you'll you'll lack it minus because it's like the the epicness of the outpouring of rage and drunkenness and vomit and whatnot that happens within the stadium like it's actually a pretty powerful source of nightmares in a
5: lot of ways like I think, I think you, you, you had me at vomit. Oh yeah,
4: <laughs> rethinking her decision to. Yeah.
5: <laughs> we we'll, we can avoid the vomit.
3: We'll do, you know we'll be in a nice like family section, or actually probably just where the cheapest tickets are. But yeah, no, it'll be good, and we could get uh, fish sticks. <laughs> <laughs> they got these famous garlic fish sticks that come with like. The garlic fries, and of course the garlic fish stick, and the garlic tartar sauce, and the ultra super garlic uh, spicy aioli. Um, you had me at the food. Yeah. So, and I've never even had them. I just heard like about them because you go on the forums talk about like all the different stadium experiences and whatnot. There's people who get really into it, but uh, yeah. Anyway, we, we should go. And actually, now that I think about it, you know, we could just if we sit up in the in the nosebleeds, as it were. Maybe even KT could kind of just get us all in for free. Because, you know, I don't know. I don't have like a lot of cash and the tickets are like $200. So, uh, you know, I don't know. But that's that's one thing I just realized I don't have enough money (laughs) to do that.
5: (laughs) I don't know that we're particularly financially well equipped unless Moonflower has a vault in uh, the shop code that we don't know about.
3: Yeah. Can we just like sell one of the go pawn a generator or something? (laughs) <laughs> or, yeah, I don't know if, if someone has another solution. But, uh, I mean, again, like we got a bunch of supernatural powers at our disposal. I feel like there's a way we can get into this thing. I mean, I it'll be easy to get in. Yeah. No, but again, we'll just have KT. We could just have KT carry us. Let me see what time the game starts. I'll look at it. Someone will call a super. We'll head that way, and then we'll we can make a plan from outside the front gate. Speaking of supernatural powers, um, Midas, you
0: uh your head begins to swim as you detect an outpouring of nightmare energy just radiating all around and in a flash of vision you see your mother kind of like uh, over above someone who's like strapped down to a table and you hear uh like the laughing of the weird doctor from your last vision, just a, a cry of pain as this great evil that's been surrounding your mother begins to like close in on whoever this person is.
5: Hmm, I feel like my two options are here is tell everyone or try to ignore it, keep it to myself, and put it as a mental note in the back of my head. Mm-hmm. But
0: yes, you you are keenly aware that somewhere, wherever your mother is, this person is in mortal danger right now.
4: You notice that maybe that Moonflower is kind of keyed in and has perhaps noticed that you seem a little off.
0: He has been missing for most of the past several days.
4: Yeah, Did really that wave of vicious. like pain and
3: whatever pass without like a single, you know, were you able to keep that totally stone
5: faced or like?
2: Mm, i mean
5: not a hundred percent. I'd assume I'm gonna thinking about making a hard move and just having you mark a condition as this hits you. If that if that seems appropriate to you. Um. Real quick question is when do. When do things get cleared as far as oh, conditions? Oh, though? right.
0: Because you have a lot of conditions, Mark. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. You um, clear conditions when you uh, are comforted and supported by your teammates. Uh, you can clear conditions when you defend someone. And you can also clear conditions by doing, uh, by yourself, by doing really dumb things that are really fun. Dumb things? Um, like, for example, to clear angry, uh, hurt someone, or break something important. To clear afraid, run from something difficult. To clear guilty, make a sacrifice to absolve your guilt. To clear hopeless, fling yourself into easy relief. And to clear insecure, take foolhardy action without
5: talking to your team. Yeah, so so would I have to do a physical action to clear that at the moment? Because yeah, I only have I only have one spot left as far as Ooh, conditions to mark. Yeah. Which seems like a problem.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right. If all of your conditions are marked and you need to mark one more, you are KO'd
5: or taken out or must right. immediately. So, so if this one marks me, I'm, I'm not, like, KO'd yet. Right. You are on the cusp, though. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: In fact, I'm going to say, as you are seeing this person in peril, you are kind of hit with this, uh, and I'm going to say, like, you either have to mark Hopeless now or immediately take action to try and clear one of your other conditions
3: right now. Uh why does you, looks
5: so good, man. Uh, I think to clear insecure, I'm gonna take a fool foolhardy action because uh, that seems to make the most sense. It's the one I was eyeing too. <laughs> <laughs> it seems like a good one. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just I'm I'm gonna. I think it makes it makes a little bit more sense to do something a little foolhardy and just just jump through the night ra- realm to see if I can I can find this person. Uh, without really saying anything to anyone, just just zipping out of there. You're just stepping through a portal. I'm to just go. I'm just stepping through the portal. Just literally I'm falling through the floor. Just crazy. I'm gonna go and try and find this person that's in trouble. Okay, okay, you're trying to to find and locate them.
0: I yes. think that would be um, unleashing your powers. Would yeah. both make sense here? Like if you physically
3: leave it. That's
0: right. That. That would make make sense. That would make the most sense. Okay, awesome. Yeah, so why don't you go ahead and roll 2d6 and add your freak. Nine. Excellent. Um, So, on a hit, you do it, but on a 7 to 9, it is, uh, you have to mark a condition, or I will tell you Uh how it's temporary or unstable. Well, I guess you'll you'll tell me. (laughs) Excellent, excellent. Midas, uh, what is the look on your face? as you are hit with this and are kind of processing this and then decide to leave. What does that look like? I'm
5: going to go with a little little
0: scared. So, Boomflower and Sam and anyone else who's paying attention, you see the Righteous Flame look a little scared before stepping through a portal and vanishing. And uh, I'm going to say that what is unstable and temporary about it is as you step out of the portal you are near where this person is like within you know like a few hundred meters unfortunately where this person is is in a floating sky base miles above the surface of the earth and you are a few hundred meters outside of Mm. that station (laughs) um also uh and this kind of hole in nightmare space uh is uh still kind of there in the, the warehouse or the shopco that you have stepped through. I
3: was but, gonna say, do we get like a chance to respond? Yeah,
0: no. So he jumps through the hole and is, is banished.
3: And the whole, and the, the hole remains.
0: I'm gonna say yeah.
3: It's it's uh, it's unstable. <clears throat>
0: yeah. You were a little bit I did too very shocked qu- by I did very your, quickly. Yeah, and you're a
3: little shocked upon your arrival to worry about uh cleaning up after yourself as it were. Sure. Okay, Sam's like, hey, minus weight,
4: And he runs in there, too. <laughs> yes! Yes! Eden downs the rest of her coffee and follows Southpaw because she doesn't think he can hack it in the nightmare realm.
2: <laughs> oh KT shall grab onto Stitch and say, you should not be here alone and fly into the hole.
0: <laughs> Excellent. Southpaw and... Moonflower, you step through this or, yeah, kind of jump into this shadowy hole on the ground. What what flavor of portal is this?
3: Mostly fiery. Mostly flat, fiery, like kind yeah. of a fiery pit. Kind yeah. Of.
5: Okay, okay. But it's not like, it's just like swirling. Yeah, not like, like not like it'll actually like right, burn you right, on the right, way through, right, but right. But More like the edges, is... You know? It's an yeah, aesthetic choice. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. I get it. I excellent, get it. excellent. it
3: again, it was no deterrent to Sam. Whatever it
0: was, <laughs> you, you jump through, and your stomach is immediately up inside your chest as you are free falling. Uh, there is no oxygen. Your vision is starting to go blurry. As you are plummeting
5: through space, uh, Midas.
0: Midas You're also
5: falling. Uh, I obviously, immediately realized what was going on and suited very quickly. Uh, did not expect anyone following me, but uh, do I do I see several bodies <laughs> yeah, out behind yeah. me? <laughs> if
0: you were to uh, look up, as it were, <laughs> you would see that you are not alone in your
5: rapid descent towards the earth. <laughs> Uh, well, obviously, I I outstretch my wings and and swoop upwards to uh, catch my good friend Sam, who has just jumped through the portal to follow me.
0: Awesome. Well, uh, why don't you go ahead and roll plus savior to defend your buddy Sam?
5: It's two d six, right? Correct. Okay, ten.
0: So on a ten plus, you keep them safe, and you get to choose one. Add a team to the pool, take influence over someone you protect, or clear a condition. Well, I want to keep some
5: conditions, because it's good for my powers, so I think I'll add a team to the pool. Cool, so we're up to two teams so far. Stitch and
0: KT, you step through the portal. Uh, Stitch steps through the portal, technically. KT, you float through the portal. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. You're welcome. Um, yeah, and below you, you see Midas grabbing onto Southpaw, and wait,
5: did moonflowers? Moonflower
0: right where is, flowers where falling is falling? Is and is is just yeah, yeah, yeah. So moonflowers between you
3: and she's like always prepared to go hurtling through space. I feel like, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, yeah. You know, near space. You know, like well, she's got it's like just like panicking weather. doesn't
4: really fix it. So <laughs> <laughs> she's just gonna let this work itself out.
2: You
4: know important question did Waldo follow
0: you as well is he on this journey or is he no like, Waldo's just chilling at the Shopco. Yeah. he was taking a nap yeah he was asleep <laughs> we get a quick panel of Waldo in the Shopco, kind of curled up in his bed underneath the table
5: like by the where all the he's chasing he rabbits. rabbits he's chasing rabbits I'd yeah. like to picture yeah. some smooth jazz playing in the
0: background some nice elevator music yeah <laughs> Um, and then we're back to the action. Um, yeah, so KT Stitch, what do you do is you see uh, Moonflower plummeting beneath you and Midas Tratt catching onto south wall?
1: I mean, the first thing Stitch notices anywhere she's at if she's watching a panel, you know, stalking from the sidelines, it's Moonflower. So she sees Moonflower falling. She knows what falling happened, like what happens when you fall. And she knows Moonflower can't handle like plummeting from space. So... She just like sends out one of her arms straight at her and is going to try to like her fist is going to become humanoid at this point and try to like canopy scoop her up. Kind of like if it's successful, it'll be a a hammock net that like extends past her with a wide weave and then just
5: kind of swoops in.
0: Excellent. And, um. Why don't you also go ahead and roll to defend Moonflower? 2 d six plus Savior. That is
1: a 9.
0: We do have two team in the pool if someone wants to be bumped up to a 10. I or... shall.
3: Excellent.
2: What do you do to help out? Lady Moonflower plummets suborbitally towards the surface of the planet Earth, and I notice Stitch fling one of her arms out And transform it into a sling of some sort. I piece together what Stitch is throwing down. Mm -hmm. So uh, I shall negate the effect of gravity on Lady Moonflower. So that Stitch can scoop her up like a fish in an aquarium.
0: Uh, Incredible. So Stitch, you pull off this perfect save. And you also get to you add a team to the pool, take influence over someone you protect, or clear condition.
1: <laughs> uh, <laughs> definitely wants to take influence
0: over. <laughs> there's there's
1: yeah. not a question about that one.
0: Awesome. Um, so uh, I'm going to precious influence. <laughs> Uh, I would like a couple panels from each of you, just kind of describing your reactions, uh, to this this uh, incredible save at high altitude.
4: I think from Eden, you really just see her whole face turn red. That's it. That's the reaction.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Reentry um. tends to be warm.
4: <laughs> <laughs> exactly.
3: Sounds uh, completely oblivious to the subtext of that. But, uh, I mean, I guess we're kind of in our own. Mm-hmm. We're flying a separate ship right now, I guess. But...
1: <sighs> when Stitch realizes that Moonflower is safe, there's a little panel of just like the the poof relief breath, um, and it she's hugely grateful to KT because she understands that he's the reason this save was successful and she's just going to gingerly reel moonflower in in a way that like brings her up into a kind of like a hanging basket that's just extended from one of her arms and like a uh, a wide but like comforting weave she wants moonflower safe and secure but doesn't really want to make eye contact after her awkward encounter in the the shop co she's gonna allow moonflower as much space as possible while holding her in a hammock hand. Just got like an awkward panel of like the hammock facing one way with moonflower like you know <sighs> blushing and stitch looking directly opposite, just you know <laughs> eyes up trying not to be noticed. Why are you looking at me? Ah, uh, uh, Just doesn't have a real answer.
2: Kind of stutters. Your pupils are not moving. That's probably normal. <laughs> From what I understand about humanoid physiology, it is not. Do you need to be taken to a hospital?
1: I don't know if I am human. I know I look like one, though. I don't know exact... I know I'm just like everyone else, but everyone I'm, else is so different, so I don't really know what I am.
2: I may have misspoken humanoid, not human, human. stitch their hands out and turn them into hammocks.
1: <laughs> um, stitch questions this for a second, almost panics and, like, drops Moonflower, but, you know, is sentient enough to realize how bad that would be and like stops herself but there's a moment of panic where she almost wants to you know humans don't do this she's just like everyone else like but everyone is else a, is
2: so different there's a small note from the editor stating that because lady moonflower is still having her own personal gravity negated from the earth's mighty pull if stitch dropped her she she wouldn't technically be going anywhere.
1: (laughs) Stitch is having like the Sarah Paulson math meme moment. (laughs) She doesn't know what's going on and she's trying to process the air and everything else is fine, but holding her hero who she just had an awkward encounter with while like KT grills her on her physiology has, has put her in like a little bit of a tizzy. She's not upset. But she has
0: really no idea what's going on. Speaking of physiology, um, Midas, you notice that Southpaw is getting blue in the face and gasping for air, and there is not enough oxygen up here.
5: Uh, in a in a very quick uh, dash of of thinking, uh, as I'm flying towards. the the ship in the air, Mm -hmm. Um, I just quickly reach uh, through a tiny pocket dimension with my hand and rip through what appears to be some sort of nightmare facehugger jellyfish, but it just so happens to be pretty handy in the nightmare realm for using as a mask for, you know, oxygen because it takes in carbon dioxide and releases oxygen. So pop that on, on Sam's face real quick and uh, continue jetting flames flying out of my wings towards the ship. Does it cover my eyes? Um, a little bit. Not, like, a lot. Um,
3: Okay, this is covering most of my face, but I would, I mean, it it doesn't matter. Go ahead and unleash your
0: powers really (laughs) quick. If it's it's unstable or temporary, definitely covering your eyes.
5: (laughs) Oh, it's a five. Ooh um it's a particularly big it's, it's a particularly
0: big <laughs> jelly face hugger. <laughs> and it is pretty terrifying um, <laughs> and it's a little oozy a little oozy okay. definitely uh drips on your uniform
3: <laughs> makes you feel very uncomfortable yeah i mean it's only been like a few seconds so you know i don't know we'll see how this goes mm-hmm. you gotta tell us what happens out of five
5: yeah yeah uh I didn't add anything to that role, right? You wore a freak. Oh, well, then it was an eight. Oh, okay then. (laughs) It is is still uh, rather
0: goopy and large. Uh, However, instead of alerting the base's defense systems to your presence, uh, instead is just in your eyes a little bit
3: (laughs) as you go flying towards what appears to be an airlock. Yeah, okay. Sam says... By the way, Sam's just wearing, like t-shirt and jeans and sneakers just so everyone knows (laughs) Um, and Sam says
2: (laughs) 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 pardon me righteous flame I have a very quick question for you sure your living suit does it keep you warm at this altitude
5: Oh yeah, I'm basically like. I mean, it's like a, a super suit essentially. Like it's it's got its own strength and and uh, durability and and all that kind of metabolism. metabolism. Do yeah, we, yeah. Do like if I get if I got like super
2: punched, do punch, do we have do do we have to worry about Mister Southpaw and Lady Moonflower because they are starting to exhibit symptoms of hypothermia.
5: That is that is why I am dashing to this ship as ASAP as possible. Because it seems like we'd want to get in
3: there.
2: (laughs) With the editors, I wish to become the primary source of gravitational orbit in our little area to pull additional oxygen heat and my fellow teammates around me in order to keep them as safe as I can from the terrors of the cosmos.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Think that's unleashing your powers, or is that something you can just do? Um, I'm kind of on the fence about it, honestly.
2: I believe, because I'm specifically worrying about three additional teammates, I would have to manipulate a larger area unless they want to be rolling all over my body while we fly (laughs) towards the spaceship.
0: That checks out. Awesome. Go ahead and roll 2d6 plus your free.
2: That is a 5 and a 3 plus a 2 for 10 total. Amazing.
0: On a 10, you do it. Moonflower and Southpaw, you are just kind of surrounded by this, uh, sort of warm haze as the air around you becomes a little denser, uh, solar energy warms you and, uh, the pull of gravity is lessened as you, uh, float towards this airlock. Yeah. So you, uh, arrive at this airlock door that is sealed on the outside of this, uh, floating fortress, how are you going to get uh
3: how are you guys gonna get this door open and get into the facility? Should we just knock or we probably shouldn't just knock. We're not supposed to be here. I'm gonna portal through it.
1: Stitch can pipe up and say, There's a button on the inside. Here, one second. And I don't know how tight the airlock is. It may be unleashing her powers, but
5: probably airtight.
1: <laughs> she's gonna send her threads and just creak through the cracks with a couple of them to try to slip inside and uh press the r lock button because this is the ship that she was you know flown out of uh at her first memory she she recognizes it
0: perfect, yeah, go ahead and roll to unleash your powers oh that's, that's a very that heavy. Heavy. Been going around with that. yeah I
1: was gonna say that is a Flat nine, because I have zero freak now, awesome
2: uh, there is two team in the pool. I would gladly spend a team if no one else will,
3: yeah, I just I don't feel like Sam's equipped to go <laughs> on these like atomic you know like <laughs> atomic level interactions.
2: I do not know what this button looks like, but apparently Lady Stitch does. So KT will grab you know, stitches, magical thread, phase through the door, and place it on the other side while she looks for it, and then phase out of the door back into the outer orbit of the space station. And patiently wait for the door to be opened.
0: <laughs> that's, that's actually just beautiful, and I love it. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, the airlock... See, uh, there's a hiss in the whirring of gears as the airlock opens. And there is a brief flashback to Stitch of Stitch looking at the person who created them and in, in her earliest memory. Remember, you're just like everyone else. But you can never let them find you. Wonder World Comics is an actual play podcast of Masks, A New Generation, by Brendan Conway. This issue was GM'd by Michael Dunham, who can be found on Twitter at Galvanic Man. Southpaw is played by Charlie Smiley, who can be found on Twitter and Instagram at BigSkyCharlie. Moonflower is played by Kyra Nelson, who can be found on Twitter at Kyra M. Nelson. Graviton is played by Sawyer A. The Righteous Flame is played by Theodore Hampton. You can be found on his website at theohamptonphoto.com. Stitch is played by Justin Reed. Wonder World Comics is produced and edited by Michael Dunham. The music is from Dvorak Symphony No. 9. Do you have questions or comments? You can get a hold of us on Twitter at wwcomicspodcast or send us an email at wwcomicspodcast@gmail.com. at gmail.com.